a lot of times I go through just dark times with feeling worthy enough or good enough for other people and I think that's something that a lot of people deal with. Are you ready? <laughs> you got this girl. Love Girls the Podcast is all about storytelling and empowerment. Our mission is to share a space for women and girls to talk about the stuff that matters to them most. Love speaks to the support we give each other as we search for our own path to success. L. We can lead the way. O. Overcome barriers. V. Value each other. E. And empower each other. That's love. Because every girl has a story. And our stories matter. Hey guys, this is Delasia Dixon, and welcome back to another episode of Love Girls the Podcast. Hi, I'm Brianna. I'm 13 years old, and I am a student at Rivermont Collegiate. Hi, I'm Anna Hollenbeck. I'm 16, and I go to Moline High School. My name is Teresa Babers, and I am a volunteer and mentor with Love Girls Magazine. I am excited to be here on another episode of Love Girls, the podcast, and it is my pleasure to welcome Haley DeGrieve. She is the founder of the Gray Matters Collective, and today we're talking about mental health. We're talking about suicide prevention, and really we're talking about self-care, taking care of ourselves and taking care of our mental health. I think it's something that people talk about that we give lip service to but at the end of the day are we really doing what we need to be okay welcome Haley thank you so much for having me I just want to jump right in and get started Um, tell us about the Gray Matters Collective uh, how it came to be and its mission yes that's one of my favorite questions so the Gray Matters Collective it's really a movement, it's a community, it's voices, a choir of courage, it's kind of what, what I like to say. So this started about three years ago, and uh, I was at Augustana College at the time, and when I was there, I was noticing that a lot of the people around me were really struggling, and I had my own traumas and things that I wasn't dealing with yet, and when I was hearing of other people struggling, I started to realize that I was also struggling myself. And it was the first time that I think I was ever honest about it. And I wanted to do something because I thought to myself, so many of us are struggling in college. And I had been struggling my whole life with, you know, bipolar depression and anxiety and PTSD. And without even knowing it, you know, I just, it was never talked about in school for me. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the point where I thought, you know, we need to start talking about this openly and honestly. So I got some students together. We got 60 students at Augustana to start meeting, start talking about mental health. And then we started a poster campaign where we put up these black and white anonymous posters and put them up all over the school. And it just rippled throughout the community. I mean, people were talking about it. They went on social media and started having these conversations and encouraged people to start telling their stories. And for me, it just became this huge movement where we actually started talking about mental health and brain health and suicide prevention and You know, I think even before COVID, we still weren't really talking about it. And I I think throughout this pandemic, we've started to talk about it a little bit more, which is great. But, you know, 
at that point, it was a really big fight on campus. And ever since then, it's just grown so much. Um, over the past three years, we've built local chapters in three of the high schools, Augustana College, and then there's some other colleges who are trying to get a chapter up and going. So it's really about young people using their voices to start talking about these things and, you know, educating and bringing about prevention and awareness. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if we can just help one more person, that makes all of this worth it. So that's what it's about. And do you think um, there's a reason that a lot of people feel uncomfortable when it comes to mental health? Absolutely, yeah. And I, I don't... I don't necessarily know why. I've, I've thought about this a lot because we all have mental health. We all have a brain. You know, we all have brain health. And it, really what I think it comes down to is as human beings, we've been so afraid to be vulnerable and show our weakness. And I don't necessarily know why. Because weakness, it, it, what it even is weakness, right? Like it, it, it's not, it shouldn't be weak. It, it should be showing a source of strength to be able to say, I, I'm not okay and I need help. That should be a, a source yeah. of strength. So I think for a long time, we've just continued to sweep it under the rug. And I always say when you sweep things under a rug, it just makes for a bumpy floor. So I think if we can just continue to have that conversation, maybe we start to break down some of the barriers and start to break down this wall of, hey, this person is getting through this and talking about it openly, maybe I can too. The stereotype of like, you know, feeling like you can't talk about your mental health because people are insecure about it or maybe it hasn't been brought up to their attention. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this idea of depression and who's depressed and are you weak if you're depressed is um, a good conversation to have, because I think if we're being honest, we've all been depressed. Uh, life gets tough. Okay, so I wanted to um, talk about depression. Having um, students that are in high school um, have you had a friend or someone in the home who's been depressed or experienced any depression um, yourself? What have been your experiences around this topic? Um, my experience with depression, especially like at school and now because of COVID and stuff and coming back to like a full schedule, I feel like has given me anxiety and has increased my depression with like my own home life and then school on top of it because I just haven't been back in so long. I just feel like it's very overwhelming. What kind of life problems do you think uh, contributes to students having some depression? Maybe they don't get the help that they need or they don't have the motivation to get what they need done. And I just feel like a lot of students are struggling in school right now, especially with mental health is like a big thing. I feel like for me, um, what triggers like depressive episodes is just like sometimes, and a lot of people um, deal with not feeling good enough for their self and other people, and 
a lot of times I go through just dark times with feeling worthy enough or good enough for other people and I think that's something that a lot of people deal with and like body image can lead to negative thinking and depression and just sometimes I don't feel as though I have enough value or that there's anything special about me and that there's a lot of other people that are worth more or have more talent or are funnier or more beautiful but yeah it's just up and down a lot of times for me it's always interesting for me to um, hear young girls say things like that because you're looking at them and you're saying you're beautiful and you have so much to offer and you're a good student and a good sister and a good member of the team but I think you know it's easy to let that stuff get in your head and I can it's also easy for me to think back to being that age and really constantly trying to measure up to everybody else and that's pretty tough and some of that comes with age but some of that comes with self-care. So I want to ask you, Haley, what do you say to parents who might have a child who's dealing with depression or someone who has a friend who might be dealing with depression? What might be some things we can say or be supportive? Mm, that's a great question. I think from the parent, the friend perspective, or even a sibling, if you have someone in your life who's struggling Try really hard to not hold up a bar for them to measure up to. Show show them a mirror. Show them who they are and just love them through that. Because I think when you're struggling with any kind of mental health issue, you know, no matter what it is, it's very easy to think, I'm not deserving of love. I'm a burden. I am not worthy, you know, of this kind of help. And at the end of the day, if you can just continue to support them through that, and there's going to be moments where you feel like you're not making a difference. And there's going to be moments where you feel like, I should just give up. This person does not, clearly does not want my help. Because I think we've all maybe been there when we've tried to help someone through some dark periods in their life, but continue to support them in any way. And, and really, really be intentional about trying to, to ask those hard questions. You know, if it's, how can I help you? You know, I've noticed that you've been off, and, and what can I do to help you? Because if you can just continue to, to be there and walk through them, even in the darkest moments, they're going to remember that. And, you know, if they can only give 10% and you're willing to give the 90 then continue to do that, but also take care of you as well. I think that's a really easy thing to get wrapped up in is when you're trying to help someone else, you just want to help, 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 and it's easy to put yourself last. Because I don't know why, but especially as women, we seem to, to do that a lot. And so, you know, don't be afraid to put yourself first and foremost. Um, speaking of women and girls, um, are women more likely to face depression and commit suicide? So statistically speaking, men are actually more likely to die by suicide, but... Women statistically actually struggle with mental health problems more than men. Men usually just have more of the means to die by suicide. So it's actually very, I love this question because I think that often does get misconstrued. 
that, you know, we kind of have this issue of toxic masculinity where men were raised to suppress their emotions and not talk about these issues and cry and all those other things. But on the other hand, women face a different battle with this because, you know, especially if you're a mother, you're the caretaker, you're in charge of a lot of people in your life. If you're a young woman, you have a lot of societal expectations and you're supposed to fit into a certain box. And if you don't fit into that box, then you're an outsider. And, you know, the other piece of it as well is, you know, especially in young women, we're battling social media. And if you start to disclose that you're struggling, it comes off for some reason with women, it comes off as attention seeking. It comes off as over emotional. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're just on your period. You know, those ki- types of things that are said to us. And that's not the reality. We are feelings and our emotions are just as valid as anyone else's. So it doesn't surprise me that I feel women actually struggle more. And, you know, even for most of history, women have been marginalized. So for a long time, you know, it, it's always just kind of been the focus on men. So our emotions have been pushed to the side. So I'm, I'm glad to see that it's finally being talked about a little bit, but there's still a lot of work to go. Yeah, I think when we think about, like, self-care, but even before that question I want to um comment on when you said social media Mm -hmm. I mean how mean are people on social media (laughs) oh my gosh yeah oh my gosh like do not drop down into the comments um they talk about your weight Mm -hmm. how you look if you sound intelligent you don't know what you're talking about you should be eating less or you're too skinny Mm-hmm. Yeah, you thought that outfit was attractive, like when people do those little switchovers. Uh, what is that thing that they say about it can't always be night, and then yeah. they have on this new outfit? Well, look, girl, everybody don't like your outfit. Yeah. Like, I don't have enough self-esteem to be on social media that way. I mm-hmm. had to, uh, I actually deleted TikTok because I was just comparing so much to people on TikTok and after I deleted like most of my social media my mental health has just been way better because I can just focus on myself and just building myself up mm-hmm. and making myself uh, a better person. self-care. So I want really uh, everyone at the table to kind of share what they do for self-care. And if you haven't actually done it, maybe we can just like speak it into existence because it's just something that we're talking about, but not everyone's, not everyone's doing. So I think we've seen some examples in the media lately. Um, You know, I think the big one was like with the Olympics It's like, you know, as an athlete talking about, I don't feel prepared. I don't feel mentally healthy enough to compete. And look at the backlash for that or taking care of yourself. So I do feel like we ought to give a little bit of time to that. I'm I'm really trying hard to think about what I do to take care of myself. So would anybody else want to jump in while I ponder that? 
I can, yeah, I can go for it. Um, so I have my own set routine because I have to. <laughs> um, just with the brain that I have, I, I have bipolar depression and anxiety and PTSD and all kinds of things that are running through my head every day. And so for me, I've worked with my counselor on a set plan. You know, and, and for some people, it doesn't always have to be that way. For some people, it can just be, you know, simple things like doing things for yourself throughout the day. For me, though, I'm really intentional about doing something for my mind, my heart, my body, and my soul every single day. So, you know, mind could be meditation. I do a lot of meditation, and um, with my anxiety, that helps me so much to be able to actually take a breather. Okay, calm down. Let's let's just empty my mind for a second here. So meditation is, is for my brain. My heart, I try to do something for my heart every day and that could just really be anything. Sometimes that's just snuggling my dog. I mean, pets are so good for mental health. So sometimes that just fills my heart or playing with my nephew or, or doing something that's going to bring joy to my heart and my body. You know, I, I'm not much of an exercise person. I don't like to exercise. Me neither. You know, and I don't like when people use that as a sole solution to mental health issues. But I did find this past year when my anxiety was really bad, I would just go out and run outside and... I really thoroughly enjoyed it and it actually did really help me. So I try to do something for my body and sometimes if that's not exercise, that's just taking a warm bath or, you know, doing something that's going to make my body feel good, eating healthy, um, trying to do something like that. And then the last one is my soul. So, you know, I'm, I'm a big faithful person. So my faith often does help me with some of my mental health issues. But even if I feel distant from my faith, um, some other things I'll do is read a good book that just makes me feel hopeful about the future or watch a good movie or something that's just going to bring me comfort in those moments because I think everyone deserves to feel safe, heard, and seen. And if you can do that for yourself every day, I think you're doing the right thing. Well, I'll just jump in there with this. Um, I saw a TikTok. Sorry, Delasia. <laughs> I saw a TikTok where Will Smith um, was saying that there's two things that will help you be a great person, and that is reading and running. Wow. So, you know what? Uh, you've got one of those on your list. And I do. Will, Will Smith knows everything, right? Exactly. It's <laughs> true. Reading and running. I love that. Um, for my um, mental health and self-care, I work out every day at school, and I hated it at first because, like, my coach wanted me to do it for track, but I feel like it has helped me a lot, like, throughout the day. Like, I feel more relaxed, and I can go to sleep better at night, and with doing that, I wake up better in the morning, and it makes me have a more productive day, so I'm not in such a drowsy or irritated mood and I do like face masks and I make bracelets sometimes and just talking to um, my friends about my problems help a lot because they give me pretty good advice. For me, um, I actually just, most of the time, I just take a moment to just be with myself. Like, I'll just sit on the floor in my room and just reflect on like what's causing me to be stressed or feel depressed like just let myself think about it and then come up with solutions 
and my big sister really helps me a lot because she helps me to um, like really identify what's going on with me talking really helps for me um with me i've i kind of find this a little like not weird but it's just like when i'm in a mood or i'm just not feeling great i really like cleaning my room because it gets me (laughs) i love listening to music and i get a really big chance to listen to music when i clean my room so i find that as like a weird coping mechanism for some reason and my mom even told me that so my room's usually always clean but um I also just like to just lay down and like kind of be by myself so I get a chance to relax and then when I'm ready I go out and be with my friends or be with my family but I also just like yeah like taking a bath I really I really like taking a bath sometimes and I'm just like focusing on myself but I also have trouble focusing on myself so I'm still learning how to like get myself to be okay with wanting to um, take care of myself because I'm always a person that would want to take care of others but I still have to think about how I need to care about myself and what I need in the moment instead of what other people need. Yeah, I would say I think that's uh, true about uh, you Brianna. Your schedule is jam-packed from the time you get up in the morning even before this podcast you were at you were at dance and so constantly going from one thing to another learning that early to be able to take care of yourself. Um, and I was thinking as everyone was talking, and really, one of the things that really relaxes me is music. Like, and yes. you know, I just love to hear a song from my teenage years. Um, it, it makes me uh, smile, it makes me relax. I think that dancing, I'm not a good dancer. Um, <laughs> But um, dancing around to the music uh, makes me feel good. And then I think on a, on a more serious note, um, at this point in my life, I think I finally learned, and I hope you ladies learn it sooner, um, is I'm not really doing anything I don't want to. Mm, I love that. Yeah. You know, I'm saying no. I'm not working any place. I don't want to work. I'm not being friends or hanging out with anybody I don't want to hang out with. Um, I'm doing what I want to do. And so that's been great for my mental health. And wait, can I add something? Sure. Um, Another way that I get my mental health back up is um, feeling physically beautiful. Like I'll do my hair or put on a nice outfit. And I wanted to just ask you, is it normal for your physical appearance to have such a huge impact on your mental? I I can relate to that for sure. I've noticed when I get into depressive episodes and I start to not take care of myself as much or I just don't care about it, I do seem to understand that it does have an effect on me. So... You know, I don't know if it's necessarily quote-unquote normal, because I don't really know what normal is, so <laughs> I can tell you, but I I know that that's true for me as well. Good. Um, well, you know, I think that um, this has been an important conversation to have um, about taking care of ourselves, about um, supporting our friends, 
that might be uh, struggling with depression or family members. Um, Haley, tell us now, if people want to get involved or learn more about the Gray Matters Collective, uh, where can they find information? Where can they find you on social media? Yes, thank you for that. So the Gray Matters Collective, we do have a website, it's thegraymatterscollective.com. But if you also want to follow us on social media, um, something that we really try to do on Instagram and, and Facebook, it's at the Gray Matters Collective. What we really try to do is we try to balance education with awareness. So we will have some educational posts and sometimes we'll have some, you know, here are some things that we're doing in the community and, and trying to get people plugged into resources. So follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, we have our website that has a great list of resources for almost really everyone um, from all corners of the world, which is amazing. And um, yeah, and then also we have local chapters at Orient High School, Moline High School, Geneseo High School, and Augustana College, and we'll be expanding. So if you want to start up the local chapter at your school, feel free to talk to me. I'd, I'd love to talk to you about it. I went to each and every one of those schools. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's it's been great because the schools are student-led conversations, and I think that's really important. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, we appreciate that information, and um, we're all going to just take a vow here to take care of ourselves in the coming year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. If you'd like to learn some more information about Love Girls Magazine, or maybe you even want to get involved, you can visit lovegirlsmagazine.com. And of course, we want to extend a huge thank you to WBIK for their partnership in making this podcast possible. And you, we want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning into another episode of Love Girls the Podcast, where every girl has a story and our stories matter. Thank <laughs> you.